Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Who's from the haters? Point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah. Watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah. Get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one. Let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if the bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause the bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to a bee. What's going on, everybody? I am Austin Krell. This is the feed to Embiid. And the Sixers coming off of a disappointing loss to the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday night. Trey Young makes a great floater around the, the, I think it was like the free throw line area, maybe a little closer than that, to win the game with .1 on the clock. Um, but you chalk that up to, okay, the Sixers a off of an emotional win against Boston. Every team has bad losses. Every grid team has has losses against teams that they shouldn't lose to. Uh, same night, the Warriors, your two-time defending champions, and probably going to win again this year, um, that they lost to the Mavericks by 35. So, you know, every every team has bad losses from time to time. You got to come, you got to rebound, and you got to and you got to come back, and you got to, um, you know, get back on track the next game. And of course, being the Sixers, that's not what happened tonight. They go in to Orlando to play the Magic. The Magic are vying for a playoff spot. They're fighting for the A seed right now, and the Magic. Um, it was they, they they played a really good game tonight. The Magic. They uh, did all the right things, made shots. They utilized uh, you know over playing Sixers on defense. They out hustled the Sixers. They. They did, they did all the right things, and the game was close for the first uh, two and a half quarters. No, no the first first uh, you know fifty five percent of the game, and after that it was magic all the way. Sixers led, I think seventy one to sixty six, about midway through the third, and the magic went on. Something like a uh, a forty to eleven run to take a twenty six point lead late in the fourth. The Sixers once they went down by I think ten or I think it was about ten points they went down. Uh, they never really got back into it, and the game was over from there. Uh, Embiid twenty points, ten rebounds tonight. Tobias had fifteen, and then Jimmy had thirteen. And other than that. No one did anything. Actually, Shake Milton had a really good game. Uh, since since now that the G League season is over, the Sixers brought up some of their uh, rookies. 
Shake Milton played 22 minutes. Zaire played six minutes. He made his NBA debut. Did, did, did Zaire Smith? Uh, Milton had tw- had 13 points on six of eight shooting, and Zaire ha- played six minutes. He he hit a three for his first NBA bucket. He now has he's now passed Ben Simmons on uh, in career three pointers. Ha ha! Because obviously Ben hasn't made one yet. Um, I did find it kind of comical that it took Zaire all of 30 seconds to make. A three. Well, it took Markel Fultz. What, 25 games to make a three? So, oh, that, oh, that was kind of comical to think about. Um, one obviously being the 16th overall pick, the other one being the number one overall pick. But that's a, that's a discussion, I, I should say, for a, a, a different time when there aren't more pressing issues to talk about. Um, the Sixers, I really thought that they, quite frankly, just didn't come to play tonight. But no Ben Simmons, no James Ennis, the third. Um, I think James Ennis missed with a quad contusion. Ben was sick. He had his 19th case of gastroenteritis on this season. And you know, they started TJ. TJ <laughs> TJ really didn't give them anything at all. Uh, two points, six rebounds, two assists. So you really, fe- you really do feel the absence of Ben Simmons. I mean, love them or hate them. You know, everyone loves to say he's never going to win a championship with this team because he can't shoot. He's this, he's that, he can't shoot. Ben Simmons is probably the second most important player on this team. He's, a, he's a, an elite wing defender. He can switch on any guy, anybody. He's remarkably efficient. He's a, he's, a, he's a distributor. And he just, he can, you know, TJ McConnell is not even in the same stratosphere as Ben Simmons is. And so you really felt not, you really felt the loss of not having Ben Simmons tonight. And there are times where they trotted out, obviously, lineups featuring J.J. Redick and T.J. McConnell. Orlando's a big team. Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Nikola Vucevic, uh, D.J. Augustine, and Evan Fournier. That's a pretty big team. And J.J. Redick can't play any defense. And uh, T.J. is too small. That doesn't bode well. You're not going to have a great game. And... It looks like a bad loss because it really the effort sort of never showed up in the second half, and so that kind of made it a bad loss. But this is a game where you could say, okay, I could see how they lose this game. Like, th- like throw the records out the window, I could see how this would be a bad matchup for the Sixers without without Ben Simmons. And it was just the fashion in which they lost. I mean, offensive rebounds. Orlando was hustling after missed shots. They were doing everything um, right. They, they were playing like a team that was battling for. Uh, Eastern Conference playoff spot, and people want to say Brett Brown. Brett Brown. The G- I don't know if you guys know this, but Ben, but Brett Brown's the the worst head coach to ever be twenty games above five hundred in the NBA. I don't see how you can put this loss on him. I mean, the team didn't come out and play. I mean, he can only get, he can only give them so much preparation. And I, I wouldn't I would never say that he has lost the locker room. I don't believe that because I think the players all love him, but. It's up to them to come on the court, on the court, and produce and fill in for their uh, missing brother on the night, and they didn't do that tonight. So the Sixers drop it one nineteen to ninety eight, um, forty seven twenty seven on the year. We're gonna have this bad taste in our mouth, hopefully until Thursday against Brooklyn. Although you never know, that could be a loss um, because it is Brooklyn, and they've they've had a struggle this year with Brooklyn. But they also haven't played Brooklyn with Tobias Harris on the roster, so we'll see how that goes. There are a couple things that I do want to talk about. That sort of, and that this game got me thinking about 
one pertains to J.J. Reddick. The other one pertains to the discussion about Boban Marjanovic at the backup center spot versus maybe going Jonah Bolton. Um, with TJ, this is kind of where I am with TJ. He tries to be as close to a, a zero on defense as he can. And I don't mean he doesn't try. I mean he's a negative, and he tries to keep – he tries to minimize the the the, the, uh, the defensive burden that he puts on, this, on, on the Sixers. He tries to fight around the screens, tries to hustle, tries to strip people. But the fact of the matter is he's small and he's slow. And he, and people can just get right by him. He can't really defend anybody. And with that, you would expect his jump shot to you know to be. You would expect with a you're getting a trade off where the jump shot is so sweet and so pure that it really doesn't matter how bad his defense is because he makes it up on the other end. He's had a he's had an, a not a great season for him, and it's a great season shooting the ball for really anybody else. But for him, not so much. Let's compare. To, let's compare him to where he was last year. Um, last year he shot forty six percent from the field, forty two from the three point line, and um, 90, 90.5, 90.4 from the free throw line for seventeen points a game. This season. 43% from the field, 39 from three, and 89.8 from the free throw line. So his jump shot has taken a step backwards. And I know that's still elite shooter status at 39%, but for the fact that he get for every, I mean, if you, if you think about it, it almost feels like he's missed, for $12 million a year, this year, he's giving up two, and coming back, he's not getting three. And then he'll give up four, and then he'll make one shot, and then he'll give up four more, and he'll make a shot. I, I love JJ. I love him. He's done a great deal for this team in terms of his actual impact, in terms of his shooting, and then the indirect impact of having him on the floor to stretch the floor, open things up for Embiid and Simmons. I appreciate him being here uh, and choosing Philly, and he, he's done. He's had a lot of big games for them, but. It's undeniable that the good teams and the teams that are competitive, they put they, they switch got their, their they switch everything to the Sixers on defense, and so what happens is they keep working the ball around until eventually TJ ends up on posted up against a much bigger player, and they abuse him from there with the mismatch, and it becomes a problem where you're like, okay, the shooting is is good, but it's not good enough where we can be okay with him being a defensive liability at the end of the game. They're just going to play off. Last year it was fine because he's making, you know, he's shooting efficiently, but this year not so much. And so I got to wonder, A, does he care about winning enough to take a, a, a pay cut, maybe a multi-year deal, let's say it's uh, three years, $18 million, three years, $20 million, to, to, to stay in Philly and maybe mentor a young shooter that they draft or they bring in. Um, so that way he can make the playoffs every year and continue that streak of 13 years and he can still stay close to home and he can still be a part of this culture and the system where he fits in maybe he starts, maybe he doesn't start but either way he can still contribute to the team on the court while also being able to, to, to live the life that he wants to live so I wonder if 
because he's he's not worth you know ten million in one year. He's he, that you know they ever paid for him for one year last year. It was money that he was never he had never seen in his career before. So it was like oh shit, I gotta do this. This is easy. But you know, he took a he took a, he cut he got he took the pay cut in half this past summer. And I don't know if he'll be if he'll be willing to cut that in half too, but I gotta think that the allure of bringing back Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, in addition to the stars they already have, be enough for him to say, you know what, I want to win games. I've made a lot of money in my career. I'm a smart guy. Let's take a little bit of a cut so that way we can get we can get to the we can put the, the product on the court that can get us to the finals. And if he doesn't want to do that, and it becomes a real conversation of do we is his production sustainable enough and good enough where we can afford to keep him on the court for his offense instead of and, and sacrifice the defense. I think we're approaching a point where it's not worth it, and maybe it's time to let him go, and and find someone who's not as great of a shooter, not as consistent of a knockdown shooter, but still has a reputation as a good shooter and can give you some defense and some athleticism. And I think. That's an interesting conversation that they're going to have to have this summer with themselves, Elton Brand and Brett, and the TJ to, to to gauge where he stands, what his expectations are, what he wants, what he what he needs, and what's best for the team. And if he can be humble enough to accept a three year, twenty million dollar deal, sign me up. I'm all for letting JJ retire as a Sixer. Love it. Would love to have him finish off his career as a Sixer. I love JJ. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the league, always has been, and would love to see him finish it off here. Next question that I, I that I want to talk about, next topic to talk about is there is a very blatant disparity or difference between Boban Marjanovic at the back of five and Jonah Bolton. Obviously, it's a weird situation because their strengths and weaknesses don't match up. One strength is one strength is the other one's weakness. Um, Jonah Bolden provides you athleticism that, that that Boban cannot provide. He can switch on to perimeter players and maybe hold his own. Maybe he gets beat, maybe he fouls, but Boban can't do that at all. He also stretches the floor with his shooting ability, so you can put him in pick and pops and have him, you know, pop out and then open things up in the paint. Boban is just a pick and roll, and maybe you find him, maybe you don't because he's so slow. Boban has elite rim protection, but he's too slow to protect to to to, to to you know to, to go out to the perimeter and defend anybody gets beaten every time. Boban doesn't foul as much, but I think you're giving up more points with Boban than you are with Jonah. So the question becomes, and I think I, I know Brett Brown said this before because I've heard him say it. What sword are you willing to die on? What what hill were you were you what were you what are you willing to sacrifice? Uh, for the sake of trial and error, what are you willing to to uh, to put on the line here? Do you want to sacrifice this ability to stretch the floor and keep Boban in there, and maybe commit less fouls, but have to completely change up your defensive plan when he's on the floor? Because, quite frankly, he can't leave the paint. He can't. He he gets he gets taken to the cup every time, and he either fouls or just a wide open layup. I mean, he's as slow as they come. I've never seen anybody so slow. Or do you maybe give up free throws? And get in foul trouble, but you have the the, the floor stretching ability that Jonah Bolden has, and the ability to switch on the perimeter. I don't know what the answer is. I think it's just something to think about. I think 
if I had to choose, I would probably go with Boban because he's wildly efficient when he scores, and he can only play 10 minutes a game anyway, so it kind of fits that sort of schedule for Joel Embiid to come in. But I could be convinced otherwise. Just it, it's, it's getting to the point where it's so bad because he's so slow that he's almost unpl- almost unplayable against a lot of teams. And I think against a team like Brooklyn, they don't really have the size, so it might not hurt as much. But they're very athletic. Against Detroit, could definitely hurt. But they don't really have the skill outside of Blake Griffin. So all he'd have to do is stand the paint and, def- and defend off the uh, off the drivers and Andre Drummond, which isn't that hard. But have a second round. Boban is going to get he's going to get crushed in the second round by whoever they play. And it's a real discussion that Brett Brown has to have, and he has to a- and we have to ask the question: What are we willing to sacrifice for the sake of 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 this player's production? It the way the positives and the and the weaknesses, the, the strengths and the per, the pros and the cons for each player. Jonah fouls, but both Jonah can switch. Um, Jonah can stretch the floor, but he's not as efficient. Boban has length, but Boban is very slow. Um, Boban's efficient, but he can't shoot really outside of 15, 10, 15 feet. So it comes back to what sword is Brett Brown prepared to die on? And it's a conversation that, as a fan base, we should be having with one another. And it's a conversation that Brett Brown and Elton Brand have to discuss. Because I don't know who's... There's no clear-cut, obvious answer for who should get the backup five minutes. Your Johnson's running on empty, on, on, on borrowed time. So I, I don't think he's in the conversation. I think it becomes we have we, we have a switchability with, with Jonah. We can play him four. We can play him five. He can stretch the floor a bit. Athletic teams, he, maybe he can defend the room, get better against athletic teams. But Boban, just you plant him in the middle and you just watch him, block, just watch him uh, you know, disturb shots and, and, and disturb uh, you know, the, the attack. But I do think that there's a way that you could, that you could do this where – Boban becomes the the clear cut option where because you can't bring him out in the perimeter at all, why not try to switch to zone whenever he's in the game so that way he never leaves the paint leaves the block or the paint. He's just you know two seconds in, then one second out. Two seconds in, one second out, and you know you're just moving around in the paint. But he's you know but but he's at least he's staying anchored to the basket so no one can really blow by him. Of course, you're going to give up three-point shooting, but I like the chances of a guy missing a wide-open three more than I do a wide-open layup. And then as soon as Joel's back in the game, go back to man. I don't know how, how much they've worked on the zone. I haven't seen them in a zone really all year, to be honest. And I don't know if they have enough time to implement one and make it work. They certainly don't. It's not, it, it isn't going to be pretty, but maybe they have the, the fundamentals as, 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 grow, as you know taught in high school. In college, maybe they could pull it off, where they could do it for five for five for, for three minute sprints while um, Joel's resting. But again, that's a conversation for Brett and Elton to have. Sixers will be back at home in Brooklyn or against Brooklyn on Friday on Thursday night. 
seven o'clock tip off that we'll be looking to strap to snap a a uh, an annoying two game losing streak. And we'll be back with post game coverage following that game. We're gonna have a special guest on the show tomorrow, um, Crystal Rich of NBC Sports Philadelphia. She does the the uh, Sixers Outsiders with my man Tyrone Johnson, um, and so she'll be on the show to discuss obviously the the, the, the disappointing couple games and where she sees the thing going forward, and you know more. And, you know you'll, you'll 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 hear the rest of it. You'll hear more tomorrow but always as always do you like shotgunning beer do you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties check out my boys at the king cobra king cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second also a tab puller vent puncher and all fits on a keychain for more information about the king cobra check them out on instagram at the king cobra co that's the king cobra co and cobra is filled with a k for 10 percent discount on all products enter the code dress the cobra 10 all caps all one word pick up yours today the feed to one beat and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to MB 2019. Sixers drop it tonight, 119.98. They dropped it 47.27 on the season. We'll be back at home on Thursday playing the Nets, looking to uh, split the, the season series 2 2. We'll be back with post game coverage then and with Crystal Rich a little bit. We'll be back with her um, for a special episode in the coming day or so. Um, as always, thank you for tuning in. This is an NBN Dash Radio podcast. You follow me on Twitter, A K A Krell, you know, capital A, capital K Krell, um, underscore sports. The feed to him at the feed to Embiid, no caps. Um, as always, please subscribe on iTunes, on Apple, and. Leave a five-star rating and review. Have a great night. Thank you for tuning in.